The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It's never too late to work on the relationship. If you believe you're the difficult one, sign up for the first four lessons of Healed Being for free over at HealedBeing.com. Hurting those you love hurts them and you, and it doesn't stop until you stop it. HealedBeing.com. Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello, this is Paul Coliani, and I'm here to help you learn to deal with difficult people and tackle life's challenges without compromising who you are. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. Always seek a professional for your mental health and well-being. I almost laughed because I had to re-record <laughs> this intro a few times, but I am glad you were here. Thanks for showing up, and um, I'm just going to get right into it. We received an email here at the local home podcast studio <laughs> and uh this person wrote hey paul i hope you're well i wanted your advice about how to deal with my mother i emphasize that to give some background she has been abused her whole life by her father and my father and she is still being abused by my father i love her deeply feel guilty toward her and resentful growing up me and my siblings were her therapists and always felt that we had to save her now I'm in my early 20s. I still live with them. They made it so I could not leave. And being around them sends me into spirals of depression and just genuinely not wanting to live anymore. I hide in my room and I try to go out, but they still make this difficult as my father is very controlling. I know this is a lot, but my main issue is my mother is being emotionally abused constantly, but she is also very hard to be around, comfort, and be empathetic towards. She's extremely overbearing and talks incessantly and is forceful. I cannot help but to cringe around her into myself as if I hold my breath and stay still enough, I can shelter myself. That's a deep one. That's very difficult. Thank you for writing that. Thank you for sharing that. And um, this is a difficult one because, you know, I've talked about this a couple times on my show before, but when you live with parents as a as an adult and you want to be treated with kindness and respect, something I talk about on my other podcast, loveandabuse.com. If you want to be treated with kindness and respect, it's hard to do while you're under someone else's roof and rules. When your parents are the rule makers and you stay in their house as an adult 
and you're maybe not paying rent. I don't know if you are or not. You didn't give me any details, but let's just say you're not paying rent. Then basically what they say goes. That's the tough part because it's their house, their rules. And as long as you stay there, it'll always be that way. That sounds so defeating. It sounds like the worst news ever. And it it is. I mean, it really is. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. If my parents were toxic and I felt like I had no choice but to stay with them, I would be miserable too. So you said some important stuff in here, like um, you don't really feel like being around anymore. You said you still live with them, but it sends you into spirals of depression and genuinely not wanting to live anymore. I get it. I'm not going to say you shouldn't feel that way because you do feel that way. That's how a lot of us would feel. So I get it. I completely understand. And let me say this. There are so many more important things to be depressed about. I'm not going to leave you there. I'm putting this out there. I'm, I'm laying this as the foundation. There are so many more things we can be depressed about. And what I mean by that, and I'm not minimizing it or invalidating what you're going through, but what I mean by that is right now you live in a, in a box. And this box only contains, I mean, it contains your world. And that's all it contains. Your world has been made up of living with your parents. The world is infinitely times bigger than that. But your depression is based on what's inside that box. So this is how you feel. It's all based on your reality. And your reality is made up of, this, of the boundaries of this box. And so when I say there's a lot more you could be depressed about, I don't want you to be depressed, but I'm laying this as a foundation, like I said. When I say that, when I say there's a lot more that you could be depressed about, I mean that right now, the biggest source of your maybe stress and tension is living with your parents and your parents specifically, or at least I should say how you're coping with how your parents treat you. This is your world. This is, this has been your world for the last 20 something years. And so all you have as a reference is what you've been exposed to. Sure, you've probably been out of the house a few times here and there, but you come back and that's your foundation. That's your home base. You're supposed to feel safe in your home base. You're supposed to feel comfortable in your home base. You are supposed to feel like you can do and say anything you want because that is where you're supposed to feel the most secure. And if you can't feel that security when you go home, then something needs to change. Now you said you're stuck there. They made you or they made it so you couldn't leave. I really wish you gave me a detail there, but you know, that's personal. Of course, you don't have to give me every detail, but when you're under their roof, you're under their rules. And I don't like that any more than you do, believe me. But unless you're paying rent, I mean, if you're paying rent, then you are an adult renting a room out of their house. If, if that's the case, then you can treat them as your landlords. 
If they're not being healthy enough parents, then you can treat them as, as your landlord. Hey, I, I don't want this abusive behavior from you. I'm going to leave. Because if you're paying rent, that means you're making money and you can pay somebody else rent. You can pay somebody else in some other house for a room. And I'm not telling you that you should do this or you have the means to do this. I mean, whatever it is that they've done to keep you there, I personally, if this were me, I would start finding a way to leave. Because the bad news is they won't change. They're not going to change. If they haven't changed by now, if they see you crying or feeling depressed and they haven't changed by now, they're not going to. And I say that knowing you're going to hear that thinking, that's the worst news I could hear. I know that is terrible. And I say that at risk. And believe me, I I know this is very risky because you said you don't feel like living anymore. And that tells me that you've had suicidal thoughts. And if that's the case, it's important that I definitely tell you, if you're in the U.S., call 988. That's the suicide and crisis hotline. I think that's brand new, actually. But 988, when you dial it, you're going to talk to somebody about that. So if you are feeling this, anyone listening, if you're feeling this way, there's someone to talk to about it because you have a box that is your reality. And unless you are exposed to more outside that box, you might not realize there's more to live for. And there's more reasons to not only feel depressed about other things. I know I'm going to explain that in a second. Not only to feel depressed about other things, but also feel happy about other things. So what do I mean by there's much more important things or bigger things to feel depressed about? What I mean is that there's so much more going on in the world. And I'm, I'm not taking you down a, a road that says, hey, there are other victims. I'm not taking you down that road. I'm letting you know that you've exposed yourself to so little of what the world offers because you're still at home. You still haven't left home and grown into your adult self, you know, matured into your adult self. I'm not saying you're immature, but there's so much more to experience in the world outside the box that you were born in and are still in, in a sense, that uh, if you don't expose yourself to those things, you don't get the variety of what the world offers. And the variety of the world is so massive. You have so much of it that you begin to understand there's more to life than just feeling down or feeling depressed. You know, I know depression's much more than feeling down, but when you learn how much more there is to life that is outside of your box, you have more contrast and more to compare it to. And then when you look back after you've gotten out of that box and you see what you used to feel depressed about, Oh, my parents, and they're so abusive, and they're so awful, which is a real thing. Again, I'm not putting you down or minimizing that. But you look back, and you think, I used to feel bad about that. But I've now traveled outside my box and have been exposed to more of the world. And I've gotten used to what it's like being away from them, that I now realize that there's so much more important stuff in the world that I haven't been exposed to, 
that I haven't given myself a chance to evaluate the rest of life because I've been in this box for so long that I don't realize the totality of what life is. It's like meeting one person who's toxic and getting into a romantic relationship with them, but not realizing they're toxic until it's too late. Then you're in love and you're committed and you have a house and kids. And it's like having that one relationship and thinking that every relationship is like that. And if you do that, if you think that this is life, this is the relationship I'm in and this is how it will always be. Or even if I leave, I'll probably just meet someone else that's toxic that is your new box and that is all you have to reference in your life. And of course, that's going to be depressing. It's going to feel like you're completely defeated and life is a loss. And if you look at life as a loss, it's because the distance that you're looking isn't far enough. If you are trying to find the silver lining inside your box. You don't always see it. This is why I like the idea of like, if somebody feels suicidal, I might give them a suggestion. I say, you know what, if you feel suicidal and you feel like there's nothing left of life or you, you, you can't find happiness or you can't get out of this funk that you're in or this even, uh, diagnosably, you know, even if you're diagnosable, if you can't get past that, then I might ask, well, what have you always wanted to do? What have, what have you always wanted to do in life? And if they say, well, I want to travel to Europe, but if I do that, I, I'm, I'm not going to have any money left. I say, well, why don't you do it anyway? Why don't you do it anyway? Well, I'm not going to have any money left. I'll max out my credit cards and that'll be that. I'll get stuck there and then I'll probably die because I can't get back. You know, they'll have some story. And it's probably, it's probably their reality. Of course, I'm not going to downplay that. It's definitely a real thing. And maybe they don't even have the credit card to max out. Maybe they have nothing, but I'll, uh, I'll help them explore what they've always wanted to do. And if they, even if they don't have something they've wanted to do, I, I will help them create something like, have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? And then I'll say, well, go ahead and do it. And then they'll say, yeah, but I'll be broke. Or I can't afford that or I'll be homeless. I'll do this and I'll, and this will happen and this will happen. So they will definitely have reasonable, reasonable reasons. They will have reasonable excuses and they will be completely legitimate. They, that actually might happen to them if they say spend all their money or travel or whatever. And then I'll say, yeah, but wow, I would at least try that before going to that final destination where there's no turning back. And when you do something different outside your box, you learn something different about yourself. You learn something different about the world and you get to a point where you feel different inside yourself and you also realize what's possible. I said at the beginning of the show, go to a professional, get professional help. If this is where you are or call that hotline, I said 988. I mean, I don't know what it is on different countries, but that's the one I know of here and and talk to somebody about that. But I'm not trying to dwell on what you said in your message. It didn't sound like you were actively trying to commit suicide or anything like that. And I hope not. I hope that's not true. And I do believe you might've been saying that, uh, you just feel like not living, which isn't necessarily a pseudo suicidal thought, but 
I'm sure you feel like if you're not living, then you're away from the problem. I think that's what you mean. So I don't mean to be focused on this, but I wanted to address it because it's the responsible thing to do as somebody who puts a show like this out there and also address that uh, my advice are just opinions from a friend, not giving you therapeutic advice here. I'm telling you something as if you were my friend. I'm, I'm suggesting something as if you were my friend, because as a friend, you came to me and said, look, I feel like I, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't feel like living anymore. I would say, well, let's do this first. Let's do this second and let's do this third before you go that final destination, which is there's no turning back. And I don't want you to go there without having you at least tried some other stuff. And of course, you know, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to listen. We're going to talk. And in a worst case scenario, we get a professional involved. But um, again, I'm just saying all this because it's the responsible thing to say. And plus, I care. I really do care. I don't know you. Maybe I do. Maybe somebody listening I do know. But I think I know well enough that if you're listening to this, then you probably want somebody that understands. I mean, I've felt that way before. I've felt depressed. I've had suicidal thoughts. And you probably want someone that has gotten through it and can maybe give you direction, a direction to take so that you're not stuck there. And I know that I'm not giving you 100% perfect answers. I'm just giving you ideas. I'm giving you thoughts. I'm giving you some way to think that might be better for you. Because I think what happens is we get stuck in this box of thinking and we think this is how life is and it doesn't get any better. So I guess this is how it's going to be forever. And it's not true. This year, 2023, I am 53. And from, I guess, zero to 10, I was happy and sad and an introvert and afraid. I was afraid of what my stepfather was going to do to me and I wanted to be alone. I didn't make any friends or maybe one and one was a bully. <laughs> we played with the neighbors sometimes, but I really wanted to be alone most of the time because there's a lot of trauma in my childhood. There's a lot of um, toxicity in my upbringing. So from 10 to 20, the next 10 years of my life, going through my young teens and then feeling so insecure and getting bullied at, in high school and not wanting to date because I was self-conscious and finally getting a girlfriend later on in life and still so self-conscious and still an introvert. And I had developed so many unhealthy coping mechanisms. So my relationship, the first one was failing. And then I moved away from home, like a thousand miles away from home. So from 20 to 35, I lived in Florida and I went through one girlfriend and then my next girlfriend was a really major relationship and I ruined those and I was still an introvert and I'm just laying out this um, landscape of a life of being in a box really because I didn't know how to honor myself. I didn't feel worthy. I just felt right. <laughs> I felt righteous because I was also an emotionally abusive person and I had unhealthy coping mechanisms which caused me to be emotionally abusive toward others, others that I supposedly cared about, but I still hurt them. And I still had a, a, a view of the world and a view of people that was very limited because the way I grew up, I didn't expand or go outside 
myself. I didn't go outside my beliefs. I didn't go outside my own boundaries and my own own walls of thinking and experience what was possible. I was so introverted, I just stayed to myself and only did the safe things. I only did things that I knew I could afford. I just played it safe most of my life. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Sometimes that works out great for a lot of people. But for somebody who's having suicidal thoughts or depressed or in that dark space, or what I like to call the void, because when I was depressed, it felt like I was devoid of any emotions. When you're in that dark place, that dark space, sometimes you have to find a new source of light. Sometimes you have to find a new source, a new reference of life. Because when you do, you discover that what you've been basing all your thoughts on was very limited and confined or constricted to what you have exposed yourself to. If all you've exposed yourself to are toxic people like your parents, this person who wrote, then what ends up happening is that that's the worldview you have. You have that worldview. That's it. Nobody else is going to love you as much. Nobody else is going to treat you right. You don't think you'll ever be happy because you think it'll be this way forever. It's just not true. And the reason I told you the, the landscape of all the decades of my life, you know, 10, 20, 20 to 35, 35 to where I am today, so much growth has happened and I've gone through so many phases of life and there were worse things to be depressed about. And there were some really great things to be happy about. But I wouldn't have known those great things had I not stepped out of my box and just became a little bit more curious about what else is out there. And so I know the person who wrote told me that they're stuck in the situation. But what are some of the ways you can get unstuck? That's just a basic coaching 101 question, I know. But sometimes that box is so closed tight that we don't think it's possible. But it is. It's always possible. There's always a solution out of something. In very rare cases, if you were disabled and you need someone's help to get around or live life, you might feel stuck and you might not have too many options, if any. So I definitely sympathize with you if you're in that position. But sometimes there are choices that we can make that take us out of that box, that take us out of a toxic or unhealthy situation that we don't want to make because the choice to make it seems worse than what we're dealing with today. But I still think that is the limitation of being inside the box for so long that we think the choice we make is going to be worse than what we're in. It's like the story I tell about my mom. She was in an abusive relationship for over 40 years. My stepfather is a toxic, abusive, alcoholic person. He's still around as of this recording, and um, they're no longer together, which is fortunate. But for 40 years, that was her box. That was the box she lived in. And so she didn't think there was a way out, and she didn't think that she would ever find happiness. And she had just relegated herself to this being her life for the rest of her life. She clung on to the hope that he would either leave or die, just being honest. (laughs) She clung on to that hope, but the truth was he never did. And he was going to stick around for as long as it took 
for her to make her choice or for him to change his mind. And he did eventually change his mind, but it was 40 years later. She would tell him how she hated him on a regular basis, and he never left. He never left her alone. And one day he finally did. He found some fake internet girlfriend and sent her a lot of money and uh, he got scammed and we all know it, but he believes it's true. So that's a lot of uh, stuff about our family that you don't need to know about, but there you go. (laughs) That's what he did. That's how he left. Uh, But that was what it took. It took some scam online to lure him out of a relationship that was unhealthy. I mean, he was creating the toxicity in that relationship, but for both of them, it was unhealthy. He was being told how much he was hated every day and he was doing all the toxic stuff and getting drunk and uh, making her life miserable. And he was physically abusive in the past as well. So it was very, very abusive and they needed to stop that relationship. But they both had their box. The abuser and the abused had their box. And that's the only thing they knew. So they didn't get out of that situation until something came along, something that lured them out. And it just happened to be him getting lured out. And when he left and they got a divorce, she finally felt free. But she was lucky that happened because she probably wouldn't have made the choice, made that leap of faith into the unknown of leaving the relationship unless he left. And it's not always a good idea to wait and find out if they're going to change or leave because sometimes they don't or sometimes it takes 40 years. And I don't know about you, but I don't like waiting. Not that long. I don't like waiting. And I also have sort of uh, something I say to myself is that person will never change. So if I'm in a toxic situation, if I'm in a, an unhealthy relationship and I hope they change, I have to remind myself they won't. That is something that keeps me sane. It stops me from obsessive thinking. Obsessive thinking is hoping they change and praying and wishing and waiting every day. And are they going to change today? Are they going to notice that I'm hurt today? Are they going to see that I'm crying and realize they're hurting me and stopping? No, this is just how I think. No, they're not. Because I can look into the past and that tells me the future. I can look to see if they've changed when I was hurt in the past and see how my future is going to go. And so again, this sounds defeating, but what it does when you realize that someone will never change, then the onus of responsibility to do something different is on you. And I hate to put that on you, and I'm talking to the person specifically who wrote that email to me. It's on you, which means... If this is going to change, it's up to you to make a change. And what does that mean? Well, Paul, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I'm stuck. Here I am. I can't do anything. My suggestion is to think of some of the crazy things that you could do, even if you know they won't, they won't work out. Well, I could go get a loan and get my own place. That might not work out because I have no way to pay it back. Let's just say that's, that's what you think of. If I get a loan, I can't pay it back. Or I can't get a loan because I don't have enough money. Oh, if I sell my car, I'll have enough money. But then what do I do the next month? What do I do the next month? These are the crazy scenario things that we know that if we do them, 
they will probably set us back in some other way. Or we think that we won't be able to make it because we don't have enough money or we don't have enough support or what have you. But we have to start thinking outside that box. We have to put those thoughts in there. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to get out of the box. Because where is your frame of reference? It's only in the world that you've created or the world that you live in. What a a tough subject today. And it it is tough because I can't talk to you one-on-one. I can't give you the personal attention that you need. Like our sponsor today, BetterHelp can. The therapists at BetterHelp are equipped to help you one-on-one directly, help guide you personally. You can share what's going on in your life, any challenge that's going on in your life. And they are there to help. And that's why I'm so glad that this is our sponsor today. BetterHelp is online therapy. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. And one of the many advantages of using BetterHelp is that you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I mean, just look at what we're talking about today. You can get so caught up in other people and what they're trying to get from you. And it's so hard to get what you need for yourself and This is where BetterHelp comes in. This is what I've had to do in the past. I've had to just regroup, reset, and realize I needed to do something for me. I needed to focus on me, not other people. I needed to take care of myself. And the benefits of therapy can be tremendous. If you resonate with anything we're talking about today, or if you just need someone to talk things through with one-on-one, visit betterhelp.com forward slash brain. You'll get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash brain. The world that you create, the world that you live in is your frame of reference. And if you have nothing outside of that frame of reference to refer to, then where are the answers coming from? They're coming from your own perceptions. They're coming from your own mind that has been exposed to only what it has been exposed to for the last 20-something years. Or however old you are, whoever's listening to this, however old you are, that is your frame of reference. Wherever you've been, whatever jobs you've had. In fact, I'll tell you something. When I receive messages from people who tell me they have no choice and they feel like they can't do anything about it, whatever their situation is, when they tell me they have no choice, nine out of 10 times, they have been in the same relationship probably for more than a decade, sometimes two or three decades. Nine out of 10 times, they've been in a a long-term relationship, whether it's romantic relationship or a relationship with their parents, a relationship with some other person that is unhealthy for them. Most of the time, 90% of the time, they've been in a long-term relationship and That is their box. That is their frame of reference. And when I read these emails, these are usually people that have been in these long-term relationships and don't know anything else because they haven't gone any further. They haven't expanded their circle of friends, expanded their support system, tried different things, gone out and gotten different jobs, gone out and um, gotten away from the person they're with and got into a different relationship 
They haven't tried anything. They just have lived this life that is a record skipping. You know, just put your little hand in my, just put your little hand, just put your, it's the same part of the song over and over again. And that's the rut. We put ourselves in these ruts sometimes because we're in that record skipping mode. For those that are young and don't know what I'm talking about, records, those vinyl things that we put on record players, <laughs> they used to skip. And I know they're making a resurgence, so there'll be a whole new generation understanding record skipping. <laughs> so let's just get that reference out of the way and use that as our analogy because that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen when you are around the same people, in the same job, in the same city for a long time, you don't think there's any more out there. You don't think there's, that life is any different beyond that. And I know I'm speaking common sense to a lot of people, but I also think that other people need to hear this. I think that we get stuck because we don't think there's any more, so we don't even try. And I don't want you to feel stuck. Like I know people who have had the same job for decades and they just feel unhappy. And I ask them, well, what would happen if you change jobs? And it's usually the same replies like, well, I can't do that because I'm at a, a rate of pay that I can't match. Or I've been here for so long, I know exactly what to do and I don't want to stress myself out with something new. Uh, you know, on and on, they'll, they'll come up with all these, again, reasonable reasons, reasonable excuses. And when they say those things, it tells me that they are refusing to take that leap of faith. And by all means, if, if you're happy where you are, there's no need to take the leap of faith. I'm not saying that you should. I'm not giving this advice to anyone. But if you're unhappy, then why not? Why not take a leap of faith? Why not try something different? Why not go somewhere else? Why not try another job? Why not? I'm not telling anyone to get out of their relationship, but if your relationship is making you unhappy, it might be time to talk about the relationship with the person that you're in a relationship with and say, look, I'm unhappy. Something's going to change. Or in this case, it's her parents. And if your parents are making you unhappy, I don't know if you've had that conversation. Hey, look, when you're abusive, that hurts me. If they're abusive, they probably won't care. Or they'll say something like, oh, you're just too sensitive. They'll minimize and invalidate you. And they'll just make you feel like you're to blame. So there are going to be people that you can't have a conversation like this with. And you'll just have to move on. And what does that mean? What does that mean for you? Knowing that we'll never, ever change what does that mean for you? What are your options? Their house, their roof, their rules. If they make the rules, then it's sort of default that you have to follow those rules and or get abused and get abused or get abused. Either way, either way you're getting abused, even if you follow the rules, it sounds like. That's what it sounds like to me. This is why I believe it's important to remember that you're in this box and there is so much more to life that if you take a leap of faith and just try it, what's going to happen is that you'll be exposed to something new, which makes you think differently, which, which makes you decide differently, which makes you realize that there's more to what you believed 
than what you did believe when you were in that situation. And when you believe there's more, you're more likely to do something different. And again, this is just personal opinion right now. If I were in that situation and I said, well, if I move, I might be homeless. I've said this before. I would choose homelessness over the toxic relationship. And I'm not giving you that advice. (laughs) I'm not saying it, but I value my life too much. I value my life and the time I have left on this planet to not expose myself to any type of radioactive people, people that burn you emotionally. They find ways to emotionally burn you. And so I understand when I'm getting burned and when I need to protect myself. And I know when you're younger and you don't have too many resources and you have a lot of dependencies on the people that have helped you grow up. And well, I don't know how much they helped you, but you're here, you're 20 you're something years old and now you can choose to make adult decisions. You are an adult. You are an adult. The person who wrote, she's 20 something. You are an adult. You're an adult even earlier than that. But now it's time to accept that you are the adult and you're going to make adult decisions for yourself. And that sounds scary probably. Because what does that mean? That means doing a lot of firsts. Your first time living without your parents. Your first home to buy or rent. Lots of firsts when you leave the nest. But you'll also discover your first time without unhealthy people in your life. Well, hopefully. (laughs) You don't get into another situation with unhealthy, unhealthy people. But this is what happens when you take that risk, that leap of faith into the unknown. Because if you've never experienced it, it's unknown. What do I do? I don't know what to do. This is the stuff you find out. But, you know, I, I said I value myself myself enough to not do that. I don't mean to say that you don't value yourself. What I'm trying to say is do it. Value yourself so much that if your hand was near a hot stove that you'd pull it away. If you are near toxic people, you'd pull away. And it's not about, how can I say this? You said you, you go inside yourself. You're trying to protect yourself. I think it's important to protect yourself externally too. We have an internal protection mechanism. Talked about it a couple of weeks ago or one week ago. The internal bodyguard. And that helps to watch out for us. That helps to watch the landscape. Watch what's going on outside of us. And internally we're protecting our emotions and our state of mind. But there's also an external protection as well. That external protection is feeling good enough in yourself to say stop. It's feeling so self-worthy that you don't want anything to happen to you. So in your physical world, you say no, no more. I'm not going to take this anymore. And I'm not saying you say that directly to dangerous people. If they're dangerous people you know you're going to get an earful or even worse. You don't say it to dangerous people. You just take care of yourself. And sometimes taking care of yourself means putting yourself in other situations that aren't around those dangerous people. And yeah, you might feel like you have no choice, but sometimes we have to make choices that feel like it's going to be worse. But what ends up happening is that once we're away from the toxicity, and the radiation, whatever you want to call it. Once we're away from unhealthy people, 
and the fog starts to lift, you start thinking more clearly. And as you think more clearly, your thoughts grow beyond the box. Your thoughts grow beyond the existing limitations and expand outside that box into a universe of endless possibility. And again, that can be scary, but I see it two ways. One way is I stay in a bad place or I try a new place that could be bad. (laughs) That's it. I'm either going to stay in a bad place so I know what what to expect or I'm going to try another place that could be bad. Could be. But I don't know if it is. But I know if I stay, it is bad. I know that for a fact. It'll never change. But if I go into this other place, this new place, this new direction, and take a chance, that could be bad too. Or not. And I'd rather have that chance than no chance at all. And so... It's, it's very difficult. The person who wrote, it's very difficult to reply. It's very dif- difficult to give you direction to tell you what to do because I don't know all the facts. And I also know that when you are kind of stuck in your parents' house, that the best thing to do is to get unstuck, <laughs> which is easy to say, hard to do. But sometimes we just need some mental motivation Maybe I'm helping with that today. Maybe not. Sometimes we just need someone to say, yeah, you got this. You can do it. Because I've lived long enough to know that every box I was in could be opened so that I could expand my mind and see beyond it. But I was stuck in those boxes. When I was in my first long-term relationship and we broke up, the new box of depression, which had started while I was still in the relationship, the new box of depression that I was in was tightly shut. There was nothing outside that box because this is how life is and I'll always be unhappy. I believed that. I believe this is how it's going to be from this point on. I will be and continue to be unhappy. And it's beyond that. I I, I couldn't feel any emotion. I couldn't feel happiness or sadness. I just knew that unhappiness led to that. It kept getting worse and worse and Finally, I felt devoid of all emotions. What used to bring me joy didn't bring me any joy. What used to bring me sadness didn't bring me sadness. I just felt numb. And to me, it was like being in a dark room. Sitting in a chair in a dark room and not feeling anything. And the only slice of hope was the sliver of light coming from a door way over there that I couldn't reach, that I didn't want to get up and open but it was there just like it could be for you. There could be a sliver of light way over there, but you got to get up and open that door. Sometimes you have to make the effort to do it, even though it feels hopeless because sometimes you have to take a journey that you've never taken before and figure it out as you go along. Because if things are going to be as they've been, and you don't like the way they've been, and it's made you unhappy, and even to the point where you have had suicidal thoughts, you're definitely going in the wrong direction. You're definitely going the wrong way. And so sometimes we have to take a step in a different direction, even when that direction looks scary, because at least it won't be the same. 
At least it won't be what it has been. It's like when I was married, um, we got broke. It was around the mortgage crisis and uh, 2008, 2009. We just went broke. We both lost our jobs. My wife couldn't work and we ended up at the soup kitchen and going every day and, and trying to figure out what to do next. And I finally got a job, finally got work. And I thought, this is it. We can finally get out of the rut. I'm going to pull us out of this rut. And it was some low paying job, but it was a start. That's what we needed. Three weeks into the job, I felt like I was in an emotional prison. I felt like I was absolutely stuck. I have no choice but to show up for this crappy job every day. And um, I called my wife and I said, I'm so sad. I feel stuck. There's nothing I can do. And uh, this is going to be my life. There's no choice because we needed the money. We needed the money because if we don't have the money, then we're broke again. And if we're broke again, we got to get up early, go to the soup kitchen and on and on. And uh, she said, I'll support whatever decision you make. And that was the best thing that she could have said to me because right after I hung up the phone with her because I was calling her from work, I went over to my supervisor and I said, I quit. That was it. I knew I would have nothing or no money. I knew I would have no money left. I would have no job and that we would end up in line again, waiting for, waiting to be fed, waiting for old bread, waiting for old food and expired food from very generous stores that gave it. And, um, I made that decision and it was one of the most liberating decisions I've ever made in my life. I still feel it today, how free I felt, even though we'd be broke. And I know I, I had to have the support of her. If she said, no, you can't quit, I would continue. I would just stay in that position because I would provide for us. But she said, I'll support you. She, she thought my emotions, my emotional state were more important than money. And that was the best gift she could have ever given me and given us because after I quit again, felt so liberating. It was the best ride home ever <laughs> knowing I wouldn't have to go back in. And, um, I hugged her and we talked about it and we went right back to what we were doing before waking up, going to the soup kitchen, collecting cans and boxes from churches and stuff like that. And a few weeks later, cause I was continuing to look for work a few weeks later, uh, I found an opportunity that, that paid double and had me traveling the country and doing what I loved. I loved it. I had this position open up because I opened myself up for it. Quitting that job was a huge leap of faith. Huge. Because I had to believe in myself. I had to believe that no matter what, even if I fall flat on my face, I know I can get up. I know I'll get up and make it work because that's who I am. To the person who wrote, you're in your early 20s, you've gotten this far. I bet you've gotten up a lot. You've probably fallen down a lot and gotten up a lot, which means you can do it because you're here now. You're telling me. If you're listening to this and you feel like you'll fall, you'll get up. You will. If you don't, then what do you get? The same thing you've always gotten. And if you don't like what you've gotten and you've been unhappy, then why not take steps in a different direction? Why not take the risk? Because what are we here to do? Be miserable? 
Some people might believe that. I don't. I don't believe we're here to be miserable. I do believe in suffering. We're here. We're going to suffer. But there's so much more to life than that. There's so much more to be happy about. There's so much more to be depressed about or sad about. There's so much more to be angry about than the little box that we've been in. And I know that once we step out of the box we've been in, that we've been unhappy in, and we discover that the the world is a lot bigger than we thought. And sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes we have to take steps that scare the hell out of us in order to figure out that there is more to life than what we've been exposed to all this time. So I want to thank the person who wrote, and anyone that's in a situation like this, just be aware that there might be more to life than you've been exposed to. And if you are judging the rest of your life based on what you've experienced so far, then you have a very tiny scope of what's possible. And I'm not saying that to put you down. I'm not saying that to call you ignorant or anything like that. I'm saying it because after 53 years of life, this is what I've learned. No matter how bad it got, there was always that sliver of light in that doorway across the room. And sometimes you just have to get up and trudge over there if you have to crawl and open that damn door and find out what's on the other side. And uh, you don't know. You don't know until you open it and just try it out. And it can be scary. I mean, it is. (laughs) To me, it's always been scary. But sometimes it takes those huge scary steps in order to change life for the better. I wish you much healing and strength through this. Thank you for writing and thanks for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank the patrons of the week, Brad, Winnie, Sammy, Ashley. I appreciate you. I am so grateful for your support. They value the show and they decided to give back. And if you value the show and you want to give back, head over to moretob.com. And uh, there are options to do that over there. For a show on how to deal with difficult relationships, visit loveandabuse.com. And that's where I talk about emotionally abusive relationships and uh, a lot of the stuff that we talked about today. If you know you're the difficult one in the relationship, head over to healedbeing.com. Very comprehensive program over there and the exact steps you need to help you improve into the best version of yourself and give you the best chance at saving a relationship that might be going downhill or worse. That's over at healedbeing.com. And thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And I'm just going to read you this review that I received uh, just because it's so damn good. <laughs> this person wrote, first impressions, five stars. I'm at a pivotal place in my development, specifically working toward emotional maturity and a more consistent uh, sense of overall well-being. I'm deep into the hard stuff, those issues that have been there for decades. Based on the podcast description, I felt like this would be a good start. I listened to the latest episode while out on my daily walk, and I found it enjoyable and easy on the ears and informative and especially personal. The content and delivery resonated with me so much so that I became suspicious that he had managed to spy my journals. (laughs) I'm looking forward to more. Ken and Sylvia. Thank you so much for that review. Um, That is amazing. Thank you for your words. And I'm so glad that you listened because, yes, I... I did have access to your journals, you know, AI is doing a lot nowadays and thank you for noticing that. No, I I have no access to your journals. I just, um, I've been doing this a long time and I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot of dysfunction, a lot of 
unhealthy things, a lot of toxic things. You know, I, I use that word a lot, toxic. It's, it's That's basically what it feels like. It feels toxic as if I've been poisoned and have poisoned others. Emotional poison that we can do to other people and we can get from other people. And so what do you do? You need the antidote. What's the antidote? The antidote, some of the stuff I talked about today is sometimes you have to take a leap of faith. Sometimes you have to do things that you've never done. In my Healed Being program, I talk about basically treating people the opposite way you've been treating them. I mean, if if you've been an emotionally abusive person or a hurtful person to someone else, what do you do that hurts that person? What happens when you do the opposite of that? And a lot of people are afraid to do the opposite of what they've been doing because that means letting go of control and allowing the other person to be who they are and hoping it all works out. But it always works out when you let somebody else be who they are. Because by letting them be who they are, you stop focusing on them and you start focusing on yourself and what you want for yourself. So I say, yeah, it always works out when you let them be, but I know that's kind of uh, exaggerating. But it's also not exaggerating because if you're no longer focused on wanting someone else to change, then you're focused on yourself and what you're going to do to make change in your life. And no matter what, if you are the victim of hurtful behavior from someone else or you're hurting someone else, when you do the opposite, when you focus on yourself instead of trying to change them or hurt them, when it's all about what you're going to do for you and what changes you need to make for you, then they're really not involved. I mean, this is in a hurtful relationship. If you're in a great relationship with somebody, you're happy, then it's not really about you. But if there are problems in the relationship and you're more unhappy than you are happy, then this is what it can take is that you have to redirect that focus onto yourself and ask yourself, what am I going to do to make the changes that I want to make in my life? doesn't matter what they're doing. What am I going to do to make the changes that I want in my life? Because expecting them to change is pointless. Hopefully they do. Hopefully you get a bonus in this life and they change and they realize, wow, um, I've been treating you this way all this time. Uh, maybe I shouldn't do that. That would be wonderful. How often does that happen? Rare. <laughs> it's very rare, but it does happen. But you can't wait for it. You have to accept that they won't change because if they could, they would. And so sometimes people can't until you say, look, I'm going to do this for myself. And then they find a way to change. And this, that's a deep topic. I talk about it a lot in other episodes. I talk about it over at Healed Being. And um, that's basically what happens. If somebody hasn't changed and won't change, no matter how awful they've been and how awful they've seen you feel, if they haven't changed, they're not going to. And so sometimes the impetus to change is what you do. Their impetus to change is what you, is based on what you do. I'm not saying it's your responsibility to make them change. I'm saying that some people won't change until you do. All right, be the change that you want to see in the world. That's what can happen. That's what can happen. So this could be a guide for you. This could be pointless for you. I just want to put it out there and see what sticks. <laughs> I hope this sticks. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you. Always keep an open mind so you can step into your power. This helps you be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing. Amazing.